Next on BYUSN, toppling Texas Tech. BYU football now 5-2 after beating the Red Raiders. So why is Kalani Satake less than thrilled after a 13-point win? And ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us for a loaded Maddich Monday. How can BYU make things weird at Texas? Is it as simple as creating turnovers? Plus, which one-handed snag is better, Darius Lassiter from Saturday or Chase Roberts from Arkansas? And we'll recap our weekend predictions with Big 12 Roundup and Prop Picks. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation on another winning Monday, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. October 23rd, I am Spencer Linton. He is Fire Knives collector Jerem Jordan. Okay, Cosmo showed us uh, yet again something we had never seen, which is like what he does, right? Um, I was explaining to Tate this morning, by the way, that he doesn't actually live up in the mountains near the Y. But on Saturday, rips off his shirt, which he's got, he, of course, he's got like an eight pack, and then um, did Look fire dancing. That. So we all had this question, and we can tell you definitively that the same Cosmo that's been doing everything all year is the one that can wield fire. He already had the skill, okay? It, it is not a thing he just barely learned. He's known it, and that's unbelievable. Continuing to cement his place atop the greatest mascot in the history of mascots of this or any other planet that we know of in the universe. Listen, Chris Evans, when he played in Fantastic Four, and he's the fire guy, right? Eat your heart out, man. You, you're not Cosmo. Isn't that, f like, for his brand to go from that to Captain America? <laughs> like, That's quite, wow. quite the difference. He's got range, and that range there. was terrible character versus amazing character. Wow. It's so fun. It's so fun to read the responses from just national college football watchers when they see Every time. what is happening at BYU between the third and fourth quarters. Oh, it, it is a party. And, like, if you didn't know the BYU culture at all, you'd be like, what is this? What is going on? This is unbelievable. <laughs> Why are there fire knives? <laughs> who, Holy who is crap. this mascot? Yeah, who is What is this? He's ripping off his shirt? Spinning a fire hey, knife. Hey, <laughs> Meryl J. Bateman, eat your heart out. Let's go. Oh, Love it. my goodness. That's funny. That's an amazing job by our good friend, David Almadova and his crew. Yeah. It's just an unbelievable effort to line all that up. Fantastic. And create another winning experience at night, Jerem. Another win at More on that night. in a moment. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. Bring LJ. LJ's got a first down on the board. Slovis goes deep and... Does Lassiter bring it in with one hand? He did! What a catch at the Texas Tech 40-yard liner inside Darius Lassiter. What's trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. What a first half from BYU. Cougars hunt at night. <laughs> BYU beats Texas Tech 27-14. The Cougars bested a Power 5 team by two scores, Jerem. Yeah. But there was like this... That. There was this feeling at the end of the game where I was like, ah, just needed to be more. Ah, just needed to be more. And that's not for me. We'll hear yeah. from Kalani Sataki in just a moment. It's a lot of fans. Plus yeah. five in turnover margin. I already mentioned just an unbelievably entertaining first half. BYU's up 24 to 7, and we're all like, whoa, this game's over, baby. Yeah. And it was. And it was. So yeah. it, at this point, it, is, is it enough? Like, do we, should we just be like, we should be okay with this, right? Like, BYU just beat Texas Tech by 13. You'd think. Um, I, I am, I'm repressing the overwhelming urge to be just annoyed 
at how and what BYU is in getting to this, because uh, mainly because you know relying on takeaways is not sustainable. Well, wait, it's worked in five of seven. Eh, at Texas, at West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, I don't believe it will be the same sort of sustainability. Texas Tech is not the same as those teams. Playing third-string quarterbacks different than playing backups. Making as we their first the last start weeks. on the road. No oh, by less. the way, Texas, Malik Murphy going to make his first start, we think, with Quinn Ewers of Texas out with a collarbone or a shoulder injury. What the rather. heck is this? Three weeks in a row, backup Three quarterback. Three weeks in a row. Okay, third string's different than second strings. All, let's take notes in yes. the BYU lexicon. Okay. Yep. BYU's plus five in margin. That is awesome. Uh, BYU takes advantage of that. There is a terminal turnover in the end zone. It was uh, nice to lead 14 to nothing, wasn't it? It was jumping out and to not be behind 14 nothing. Little did we know the Red Raiders would not score more than that number that BYU had at that point. It was like, hey, this this feels good. This is good. BYU at home, BYU at night ish, like really good team. Of course, we've talked about it. I am not going to be disappointed uh, with that. Yet, yet the BYU offense in the second half there was uh, you know four three and outs in five drives. Up two scores, trying to run clock, trying to obviously, uh, you know, salt the game away at some point. Austin Colley said in the postgame show, BYU's got to be a little more risky on second down. Sure, we want BYU's offense to be better. We want the, the run game to get going, which, by the way, season I won 50. Let's go. Aiden Robbins back from injured ribs. Looked really good. Uh, LJ Martin's 55-yard run early was big time. That was all great. That was great. And maybe the BYU run game found a gear that they – if they were in first gear, they at least got to second gear, maybe third in this game. I'd love to see a 200 game here soon. Um, who knows if it's this week, Texas. Like, Texas is good, man. But this run by LJ set the tone on the whole game, Spence, because we talk about the run game. We talk, LJ's had a few explosive ones. Hey, get your hand out of the way. The, the, this was good. I'm, I am not on this Monday going to be disappointed about a two-score win against a Power 5 team and BYU 5-2. and two. BYU is 5-2, and two, Spence. I am not – I know the offense is not that good, but can't we take notes from that team up north, Spence? Have they won with gajillion yards of offense and amazing, crisp, efficient, whatever on that side of the ball? No, they just win games. They find They just win games, and BYU is doing that, and I am happy because of it. All right, I'm going to give you my thoughts, but after you listen to Kalani Satake, I was very interested to hear his tone and what he said when I asked him to sum up how the game went, and that, well, frankly, porous offense in the second half. Here's my conversation with Kalani Satake post-game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday night. Kalani, there was some real urgency following a disappointing performance against TCU to get right. Coming home, playing a night game on homecoming always helps, but how would you rate your team's overall performance tonight off of that tough week? I thought the energy was great, the effort was great, but, I mean, being home was was, – a big factor in that and the fans helped us out the rock and so I'm happy to be here but you know with, with at home playing in Lavelle Edwards Stadium but there, I keep thinking about the the mistakes that we made uh, I thought we played some really good football in the first half second half could have been better but overall just happy about with the win um, when you create five turnovers you should get a bigger cushion than what we had it made too much dramatic too much drama at the end of the game you know so um, well, we keep working on that, but I, I think uh, you have to give Texas Tech a lot of credit for hanging in there. It's, it's not easy to, to uh, deal with injuries. We've been there before, especially at the quarterback position. So uh, I think Coach McGuire has done a great job getting his team ready. And, uh, you know, we were fortunate to come up with a win, but I think 
overall, we, there's a lot of still room for improvement. Uh, I'd like to see us make that step before we head out to Texas next week. What was the biggest factor in getting the plus five in the turnover margin, specifically from your defense tonight? Well, I thought we were disruptive and, and uh, you know, basically try to stop the run. I, I think they made some chunk yardage on some missed tackles and things like that. But none of it was was um, like shooting ourselves in the foot and missed assignments. And so I think it were assignment sound, uh, except for the one play where we had a, a deep cover guy and, and, and just let him behind him. Uh, other than that, I mean, I keep thinking about the catch the interception and then we don't have a more score. And and I, I just don't like that score up there, you know, when, when they're only two scores away. but. Uh, like the guys were resilient. They played. I, I'm so proud of Aiden Robbins getting, getting in there, making plays for us. So I'm just happy overall, but still room for improvement. We, we'll get there. Hard to answer it in the moment, but what would you change about the second half and and what went into that? And because you're frustrated with it slowing down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, put more points on the board and uh, and sustain the drives. I think uh, we had opportunities to get first downs. I, I still I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but. I wanted to see us improve on third downs on offense and defense. I don't know if we did that enough to my liking, you know, so uh, we'll keep working on that and we're going to need to be much, much better at that, uh, especially when we get to Austin next week. Number one thing you're going to try and shore up this week as you head to Austin next week and take on a top 10 football team. Yeah, it's it's really hard um, to keep playing uh, behind in, in, in the numbers if we don't fix uh, the third down defense and the third down offense converting. That That's going to be the key. I, I was really proud of us taking care of the football, but uh, you know, other than that, we, we need to find ways to get, get the ball back to our offense and then for our offense to convert first downs. But overall, I mean, it was a good game. We, I'll take the win, and, and uh, we can build on this. Okay, to Kalani's point, a couple of notes from the second half. 15 pass yards in the second half. 15. It was that few, I didn't even know. 15, right? Yeah. Two for nine on third down yeah. in the second half. Yeah. And how many three and outs? That's, I think there were four three and outs? I'll look at Oh, so I understand why he's frustrated because he just experienced this right after a really, really tough second half offensively where yes. there just was no explosive plays. Yeah. It was very unoriginal. Yeah. But is Aaron Roderick at that point saying, we have a big enough lead, we're just going to salt it away, we feel like we can run the ball well enough, the clock will be run down, or we believe in the defense, like let's just milk it. It was a little early to milk it in my opinion. I agree. I, I Way to use the ref need, as a screen right there, by the way. That was awesome. There needs to be a little bit more. you got to take some chances in the third quarter. It just, it just felt like BYU kind of started. Explain the to, chances you're talking about because BYU is winning by not taking a ton of chances on offense. Right? By not giving it away and taking it away, okay, BYU is winning games. Maybe Are you just a, saying pass the ball? Maybe not a run on second and 11. Like a predictable two yes. three-yard run? Yes. You could also be more effective in the run game, but we're seven in, like, it is what it is. Although, did Aiden Robbins discover something? With his, Perhaps. Like, he's a different kind of back. I would like to see. Too. It doesn't have to be a throw deep down the field. I'm not talking about, like, taking super crazy risks. But think about More what. More aggressive than a what, two or three yard Yes. Okay. What Keaton Slovis is. What is Keaton Slovis? What are his strengths? He's a pocket passer. Yeah. He's got a huge arm. He spins it beautifully. And his intermediate passing game is probably his greatest strength. So I guess I'm suggesting maybe rely on that a little bit more or trust it a little bit more rather than settling for on second 11 or second and 13, just a predictable inside handoff where BYU gets two to maybe three yards, and now you're in third and nine, third and 10 again, and you're not going to do anything there because yeah. you don't want to turn it over. Right. So you're going to run it again, and then you're going to punt it away. BYU's average third down distance, 7.4. That's So not is Texas Tech, by the way. 
And those are the numbers that Kalani's talking about. We, we can't continue to live behind those numbers where you're not converting third downs and you're in third and long constantly. Yeah. There just needs to be something different. And I feel like Keaton Slovis' greatest strength is the intermediate passing game. That's what he does. That's who he is. Do they not – are they just so scared of making a mistake in the second half to try and get momentum back to the opponent that they're just like, you know what, we're good. We've got a 17-point lead. We're good. With that defense, I don't know – like, they're not, they would never use the word scared, but like – Sorry. You tr- yeah. Right? But I see what you're saying. But, like, trust your defense to the point where it's like, okay, if we don't – Cautious the, is the we word. We have I one say. of the best punchers in the country, which, by the way, Austin McNamara was fantastic as well. Yes, Parents went really to good. BYU, LDS kid, I assume. Um, remember the Church of Jesus Christ Latter day Dude's got a huge leg, too. Yes, yeah. that was kind of fun to watch the punts, right? By the way, BYU has a third takeaway on a punt this year. How about that? Five takeaways, four from the defense. Ryan Rico himself yes. recovered a punt. Tyler Batty, I think, played his best game as a Cougar on Saturday. And because he did, he got spat in the face twice. <laughs> what is that? Who's spitting in people's faces in 2023? Come on, man. That was weird, uh, man. One of them was ejected. Yeah. Tyler Batty also created, and I said this to him late on Saturday night, he's helped create one of my favorite stats in BYU football history for a season. Uh, he created a scenario where now BYU's long snapper and punter have both recovered fumbles on a punt. <laughs> That's so weird. And I love it. Like, again, the, the sort of business model or formula or equation of how BYU has won a game historically, that is not the same way now. Understand this, and you will enjoy this season more. Also, I am operating from the idea that BYU will probably be 6-6 six and six when the season is over, maybe 7-5. and five. So to be 5-2... and two, is enjoyable. Sure. Because there's going to be some L's here in the back five. Um, you know, playing at Texas is a tough game regardless of who the quarterback is. So enjoy five and two. Because BYU's won five of the first seven games. Like, let's – oh, BYU could be six and one, seven and No. BYU's not good enough to be six and one or seven and oh, in my opinion. But somehow they are good enough to be five and two. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah. Looking at the end of the season being like, probably a six, seven win team feels like. Let's, if the ball doesn't bounce BYU's way, this is a 5-17 and 17 probably at the end. But they have created ways to win, which is what you need to do. The, the way that BYU wins football games has changed, not only because the offense hasn't been good, but because of what league BYU's in. Sure. This is new. We have to think in new ways about what BYU's doing. BYU, when the season began, like we go all the way back to April, May, like even before the season began – the initial line came out and had BYU's over-under at four and a half wins. Yeah, and we were like, ah! They've surpassed that yeah. through seven games. How about that? Ethan Slade pointed that out in the postgame. BYU's way ahead of schedule. Granted, the remaining five are all tough, tough games. So how many more wins are in there? We'll see. But for the moment, we're seven games in. We should believe, we should believe BYU because they've shown us what they are yeah. right now. Yeah. Like we shouldn't expect all of a sudden it's not gonna this unbelievably explosive no. offense. and It's just not going to be that way. No. They, but we do know that BYU is disciplined, they take care of the ball, and they create a lot of turnovers. So let's believe those things. And frankly, you can control how disciplined you are in many ways 
I would right? hope that this group would be one of the most disciplined teams in the country. They're not going to be penalized a lot. The people that play for BYU typically? Let's believe who they are, which is they, they are disciplined. They don't have a lot of penalties. They, again, they create turnovers. yards a game. And they take yeah. care of the ball. Granted, they're also the offense that is putting up about 300 yards of total offense per game, which is not great. But they have been opportunistic yeah. in those yards. They've found ways to create points, especially after they create turnovers. So let's believe who they are. And sometimes it doesn't work well, a la TCU. And sometimes it works out very well, like BYU did against Arkansas and Texas Tech. So, hey, is the model sustainable every game? No. But who they are should grant BYU at least one to two more wins out there. Yeah. By the way, to your uh, three and out thing, uh, there were five drives of five. four or fewer plays. I thought there were four. Five. So it was four three and outs, but there was a four-play, 22-yard drive in the third. So there you go. Okay. Not great. It was a penalty. Maybe. Not great. 15 passing yards in the second half. Yeah. Just a little bit more. Just want to see a little bit more there. For sure. I'm not saying the offense can't get better. It needs to be better, but I don't know how much better it's going to be. Seven games in, man. Mailbag Monday always brings with it some nice questions that are presented by you. Let's you know, get some, real. Some yeah. loaded questions. Let's talk about the real issues. Okay. At Twiggy or Stone on X says, what do you think is holding back the passing game from taking the next step? Uh, you know, Aaron Roderick knows more than I do, but my, I, I'm interested in his comments um, in Coordinator's Corner coming up in this very studio in like an hour and 43 minutes. But it is, uh, it is uh, getting the ball up maybe on time. Uh, I, they're probably – BYU's blocked pretty well this year. Like, in spite of the O-line struggling in the run game, they've, they've actually done a nice job in the pass game. Uh, perhaps let's get the ball out more. Maybe the receivers need to get a little more separation. But I, I think in this game, BYU getting an early lead affected how, B, how Aaron called the game. For sure. Um, and so that's certainly affected them. Well, and they ran the ball better than they have all year, which also impacts how he's going to call the game in the second half. When you run 55 yards early, you go, now, wait a minute. Is that going to be there? there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it's just getting more comfortable and getting some guys back healthy. I don't know. I feel like there, there has been a pass catcher or two that have not been healthy all season, whether it's Cody Epps and Keanu Hill. So sadly could not play in that Texas Tech game with his dad, the Red Raiders alum, watching on. But I don't know. Shout out to Lloyd, who was on the pregame. Maybe when he's dealing with a full bag of weapons and tools and Aiden Robbins is back. I, I Can't wait for that. Can't wait. Know. No. Can't wait for that. You, to me, you just got to go with who you got. And BYU, the BYU receivers are good. I really like them. And you that's I mean? in spite of Cody Epps, like, not getting a ton of run and Keanu Hill being out. And it's like, no, Roberts and Lasseter can carry you. Isaac Rex clearly is not um, the same dude he was pre-21 injury, by the way. Like, it, it, he's not getting the rock and he's not as – Fast and yeah. Intermediate passing yeah. game. He's Give me more player, Keaton Slovis intermediate more, yeah. passes. Yeah. Then I think you can take a step forward. Yeah. Aaron Morgan on X. Who will get more rushing yards the rest of the season? Robbins or LJ Martin? Ooh, good question. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Robbins. Or Mar to me it doesn't really matter, but I, I think we're gonna have a little one two punch. They're just here. different style of runners. Which I, right? you gotta have two. I love it. So it could be very, very down the middle at this point. I don't know. It might, how, be, it might be a few yards to separate the two. How often do you get a midseason reinforcement like that? Like that good? Um, I'm excited about Aiden Robbins. He might win BYU game that we didn't see coming because BYU has a run game with him there. Hey, he had a huge at third down conversion on third and long late in the game against for, Texas Tech. 13 on third and three. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's that won the game basically. It's salt of the game away. Yeah. Hashtag BYUS on an X, Facebook, and Instagram. Send in more of your Monday mailbag questions. Aaron Roderick the other day said, "Man, it's it, it sucks to you know talk to the media when the offense it, it stinks when the offense uh, isn't playing well." Well, they didn't play well, but he's still going to talk because uh, Aaron's open and honest about that. Let's hear from him and Jay Hill coming up on Coordinator's Corner, two Eastern on BYU TV. Aaron always tells it how it is, so let's see how it goes. Up next, ESPN's Trevor Maddich chimes in on the Cougars' win over Texas Tech. Oh, what a hit. How's he feeling about BYU after Saturday's game and the 5-2 start? Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Well, if you've ever been to a BYU game, you get a show beyond the football game. And a deflected ball, a picked up ball, Eddie Hecker on the interception. Broken up, and the Cougars take over on downs. That Cougar defense felt like Hulk meets Cosmo. Plus five in the turnover margin on Saturday night. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It's a Monday, and that means it's a Maddich Monday. Halfway, a little bit more through the college football season, we welcome ESPN college football insider Trevor Maddich and a national champion back onto the program. Trevor, very, very interesting, strange game again for BYU. The Cougars at night win again. They're 5-2. What did you make of the overall game as you look at BYU, who is now 5-2 on the season? What a fantastic win. I mean, the team was opportunistic on all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. They kept fighting. There were all kinds of opportunities for Texas Tech to come back, and BYU wouldn't let them up off the mat, and they got them on the mat because they jumped out to an early lead. BYU's up 14-0 at the end of uh, the first quarter. They're up 24-7 at halftime, and they just kept the pedal to the metal and kept on rolling at full speed, and I thought it it was a joy to watch, and it was incredibly entertaining. Now, there are those who didn't feel like it was a joy to watch the offense, especially in the second half. And the way that BYU is winning is not what people want. But how picky do we want to be in the first year of the Big 12 as BYU is 5-2? and two? Certainly, we're afraid that that's not sustainable. Being plus 5, obviously, is amazing. You're going to win like 99% of those games. So how are you feeling about the way BYU is playing, yet is 5-2? and two? Well, the, the way they're playing is the way they have to play. And and this is where, you know, do you judge them based on what you wish they were or do you judge them basing, based on what they're doing with what they have? And what they're doing with what they have right now is being very opportunistic. I mean, you, you mentioned the plus five in the turnover margin, right? That's not going to be every week for sure. But overall, over the course of the season, BYU is one of the top defenses in the nation in takeaways and one of the top offenses in the nation at fewest giveaways. And that's kind of weird because BYU is so heavily dependent on the pass. Normally you'd have more more turnovers on offense in that kind of a situation, but they're doing a really good job on both sides of the ball at at making the, the turnover battle go in their favor. And I think you can look at two of those five turnovers in this game. One of them was the the fumble that was recovered in the end zone. Okay, so you got freshman quarterback for Texas Tech. They they muff the the quarterback 
running back exchange deep in their own territory. Okay, ball's on the ground, running back's right there, quarterback's right there, but guess who else was right there? Max Tooley was right there. He was aggressive. He attacked, so when an opportunity presented itself, he was in position. Now, he didn't recover it, but because he was there, that ball ended up squirting into the end zone and, and seemed like half the planet wearing blue was over there trying to recover it for that touchdown. That's because of how aggressive BYU is on defense. We always we always talk about how more games are lost than they are won. Teams will make a mistake. But for, for that to work out, you've got to be in position to capitalize on the opponent's mistake. Then you look at the other that I just want to just reference right now. It's an interception. Yeah, I think it was Eddie Heckard, but what happened was it was a, a slant coming from the offensive left side. And if that ball had been completed, it would have been a big catch and run because the coverage wasn't that good on that side. But here comes Crew Wakely. He lines up on the offensive right. And when the guy he's he's covering blocks, he reads the quarterback's eyes and moves over to the to the left side of the offensive formation and gets into the passing lane. He tipped it in the air and then it was picked off. That's the kind of thing that is opportunistic, where you're not just sitting around waiting for a turnover to fall into your lap. You're doing things that that create turnovers, and you are there when the other side makes a mistake to capitalize on it. So this is, you know, these are things that they're doing. And so when you look at the stats overall, you know, you, you, there's a lot of reasons to be unhappy. But when you look at what they've got, when we talk defense now, they're very active. They're very aggressive. And when the opportunity arises, they take advantage of it. They're one of the best in the country at that. And to your point, Trevor, Tyler Batty lays just an absolute bombardment of a hit to force a fumble on a punt return. BYU jumps on that. That's another turnover. But again, people are focused on the 277 total yards of offense. Albeit, BYU did have their best rushing output of the season against Texas Tech. So how do you measure what BYU's offense did because the defense was so good and the rushing game took another uptick. The offense didn't turn it over, did they? And they didn't commit a lot of penalties. That That's another big part of it. And the the offense is kind of what it is right now. I mean, this is not a great rushing offense. We've, we've discussed that at length. The passing attack has had to make up for that. And, and fortunately, you've got a quarterback that, if, if there is a Heisman for leadership, then Keaton Slovis would be in New York as a finalist. He has just been stellar as a steadying force and, and maximizing what is available to accomplish with this offense. And having said that, uh, with the combination quarterback and receivers, but especially receivers and some other things, there there's opportunity to get even better in that phase of the game. You mentioned the, the running attack. Okay, so they're over 150 yards. That's Guys, that's great. Uh, if you take away the 55-yard run by L.J. Martin in the first quarter, then I know that counts towards the averages, but the reason it's important to take away a big, long run is because it tells you more about the other bunch of carries that they had. And so, and, and that, that's important because what you don't want is to lose sight of the fact that the running game is supposed to keep you even with the, uh, with the chains. If you take that away, they still ran the ball pretty well. It wasn't incredible, uh, but it was steady. There were too many plays that were zero to negative yardage, but there were plenty that were three, four, five, six yards, right? And so you could see progress in the running attack, and that's good, right? Now they need to keep getting better. They can't abandon the run. They actually handed it off more times than they threw it in this game. 
And having two big backs instead of one, this is with the return of Aiden Robbins, having two big backs instead of one gives them more options in terms of being able to rotate fresh guys through and just pound, 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 pound. And so we'll see how the the running game improves. For now, though, this is still an offense that relies on the passing attack. Certainly a healthy Aiden Robbins helped. It was pretty predictable when he was in. The BYU is going to run. Still scratched out 3.1 yards per carry, which around here is pretty good given how it's gone so far. But BYU has relied on takeaways. There's a certain amount of luck, certain amount of skill associated with that. We could argue all day about that. But how sustainable is that in the last five games for BYU to scratch out not just one win to get to a bowl game, but perhaps a couple more? Well, it's kind of scary, right? Because sometimes when you, you're so good at getting takeaways, sometimes you'll get none. Sometimes you'll get five. Uh, and so it just depends on the game. A lot of it also has to do with opposing offenses, looking at that and saying, look, we, this is what they're doing to get those takeaways, and we need to make sure we don't put the defense in position to be able to do what they do best. And we need to protect the ball more. And I think this upcoming game against Texas will be very run-heavy for the Longhorns, and partly because of that, partly because they'll be starting a freshman quarterback as well. So, you know, is it sustainable? I don't think it's fair to judge the defense on whether or not it's sustainable. I can just say this. They're fourth in the country at number of takeaways so far, and they're seven games in. Trevor Maddich of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now the Cougars turn their attention to the mighty Texas Longhorns in Austin Saturday afternoon. So much for that limited spotlight. It's national television at 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain. But Texas is without the services of their very, very talented quarterback, Quinn Ewers. We learned he's going to be out for a few weeks with a shoulder injury. So, Trevor, how do you approach this game? If you're in that BYU locker room and you know you're going against another backup quarterback, this will make three weeks in a row, how do you approach this specific scenario? You have to attack. You have to attack because you can't just sit back and hope that they you know, make the mistakes to, to give you the game. They're not going to do that. But if you attack, you can force mistakes, which is what happened against Texas Tech. Now, Malik Murphy is the, the freshman quarterback that will probably be starting in this game. He's physically a lot like Arkansas's K.J. Jefferson. He's 6'5", about 240 pounds, really strong runner, very inexperienced as a passer. And BYU can show him a lot of looks and hopefully uh, give, him, give him opportunities to get confused. We'll see how that works out. From a, a standpoint of the, the BYU uh, defense, the pass catchers for Texas are among the best in the country as a group. They've got a great group of wide receivers. Their, their tight end, Sanders, is one of the best deep threats as a tight end receiver in the country. There, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Texas to be able to, to get some big plays if the young quarterback is able to pull things together in the, from the passing attack. So if I'm BYU's defense, I'm, I'm assuming that they're just going to hand off because they're great at running back. I mean, they're great. Jonathan Brooks is one of the best running backs in the Big 12. C.J. Baxter is a, a former five-star recruit. He's a freshman. But you rotate those guys through, and that's a that's a one-two punch behind one of the best offensive lines, uh, really one of the better offensive lines in the country. The first priority for BYU's defense is going to be get up there and limit the run so that the young quarterback has to start throwing the ball. That's important. But remember also how BYU is winning. They're winning – by playing more cleanly than the opponent. This is a feature of their wins. And one of those aspects is when they get into scoring position, they score. They're one of the best in the country offensively at getting points in the red zone. And the other thing is, when you talk about losing games, 
BYU has been very good at limiting penalties against Texas Tech. They had half the penalties. It was nine for the the Red Raiders. It was four for the Cougars and about one third the penalty yards, less than one third uh, that uh, the opponent had. That's another thing they'll need to do. BYU needs to simultaneously attack and then play more cleanly than Texas Texas does from a standpoint of mistakes. That will put them in a position to have a chance to win. Now, I still think they'll need some help from Texas. But at the same time, BYU's formula for winning puts them in position to be able to to be in the game and have a chance. They keep it clean, 14th in the country and fewest penalty yards per game. Five games left. Certainly, Iowa State at home looks like the most winnable game for BYU with at Texas, at West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. What's the second most winnable game, in your opinion, if it's not Iowa State being first? You know, it's it's you know, at Oklahoma State is an interesting one because Oklahoma State early in the season was was a hot mess. I mean, they just were a mess. You, you never knew what was going to happen. They were rotating three different quarterbacks. The, they weren't consistent at all. They lost some games they should never have lost in ways that they should never have lost them. Then they settled in in the last few weeks on one quarterback, and they've been a completely different team. So, you know, which which, which Oklahoma State is it going to be? You know, and how strong is that that Cowboys team going to be and how focused on BYU are they going to be? So that may be the second uh, best likelihood. But you never know. BYU has beaten Texas. BYU has beaten Oklahoma with a Heisman candidate and with, um, you know, with a strong team, nationally ranked, highly ranked team in the past. BYU has risen up and beaten teams they're not supposed to beat. And so their mindset is we're going to win every single one of these games. But from a standpoint of the fans on the outside in, I think that's where you would probably pencil it in. But you never know. This is a team that could rise up and surprise you. Hey, give me all of the rest of the games at night. Hey, just give me the night games, Trevor. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's a different deal, man. Or at least at night and make sure to put bacon on the cougar tails because there <laughs> seems to be some sort of magic when those two things come together. We have one of those with your name on it as soon as you get back to Provo. Mark my word. I will be there. <laughs> Great to talk to you, Trevor. Thanks so much. Thanks, Trev. Thanks, guys. Oh, those are those are delicious, by the way. Oh yeah, really good. Those are delicious. Like, it, it, uh, you know, normally I wouldn't want bacon on it, but like, I'll eat bacon with syrup kind of sliding yes. in across the plate. Yes. For my, you know, waffle or pancake. Why not? I didn't think I would oh. like it the first time I tried it. Yeah. But the mixture of the salt and the bacon with all that sweet frosting and the donut is. It's remarkably delicious. It's beautiful. It's like BYU's defense was uh, on Saturday. It was awesome. After further review, we'll break it down like a bacon-filled maple donut cougar tail. Yeah. Tackle tech. That's the theme. Tomorrow night, 7 Eastern on BYU TV's app. All right, we're asking the question because, you know, it's a thing. It's a couple of all-time catches this season from Ooh. BYU. Which is better, Darius Lassiter's or Chase Roberts for the touchdown at Arkansas? We'll make our call after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B on a winning Monday. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. How about some Monday headlines? BYU football beats Texas Tech 27-14. The Cougars forced five turnovers, rushed for a season-high 150 yards. But the highlight of the night 
was this spectacular catch from Darius Lassiter. Slovis goes deep, and does Lassiter bring it in with one hand? He did! What a catch at the Texas Tech 40-yard liner inside. Darius Lassiter goes up and hauls it in with one hand on the sideline. Unbelievable. Up next for BYU, a trip to Austin to play number seven, Texas on ABC, who will likely be without quarterback Quinn Ewers, as ESPN's Pete Thamel reported yesterday that Ewers will miss uh, some time with a shoulder injury. Cinco turnovers does not stinko, Jerem. Thank you, Anchor Boy. <laughs> On the Cougars in the NFL. How about Puka Nakua? There are two receivers in NFL history that have at least 700 yards in their first seven games. It's Jamar Chase and Puka Nakua. Amazing. Eight catches, 154. The Rams lose to the Steelers, but still. Puka up to 752 yards on the season. Amazing start for him. Tyler Algier rushed for 59 yards, added three catches for 53 yards for the Falcons in a 16-13 win over Tampa Bay. Michael Davis had four tackles, including a tackle for loss for the Chargers in a 31-17 loss to Andy Reid's Chiefs. Kyle Van Noy, five tackles, two sacks for the Baltimore Ravens in a dismantling of the Detroit Lions, 38-6. Tonight, Fred Warner and the 49ers take on Jaron Hall, Kyrus Tonga, and the Vikings in Minnesota. Puka had 805 yards last year, so he'll pass that this week. Number nine, BYU women's volleyball sweeps Iowa State Friday night in one of the best overall performances of the season. Cougars led by Aaron Livingston, Whitney McEwen-Larinus, Elise Stoll, who all had double-digit kills. BYU 18-3 now, 7-2 in Big 12 play, 10-0 at home. Up next, a trip to Manhattan to play Kansas State twice this week. And in the Volleyball Magazine Super 16 poll, BYU number nine. Hey, run the table. Maybe you're a top eight team when the seeding comes out. Could be a two seed, absolutely. Let's go. Seventh ranked BYU women's soccer chasing a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They host UCF tonight in their regular season finale, 8 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. BYU trailing Texas Tech by two points in the Big 12 standings. So that means BYU needs to beat UCF and the Red Raiders. Loss or draw to draw or lose yeah. at Iowa State tonight. All the Big 12 games, same time. So, same time. Drama. Really fun. World Cup-esque. James Taft Fredette helped lead Team USA's three-on-three -three team to the semifinals of the Pan American game. Semifinal and final will be played later this afternoon. Good luck. Red Owen, TJ Wells, and Brian Chen of BYU Men's Tennis combined for four wins at the General Patton Invite hosted by Boise State over the weekend. And the doubles team of Jackie Dunyan and Bobo Huang of BYU Women's Tennis qualified for the ITA Fall Championships, which will be held in beautiful San Diego. They're good. We got them in studio. We talked to them when they made the run last year. They're fantastic. Those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's share some opinions, shall Hard we? Hardest hitting question of the day, Spencer. All right. Which one-handed catch was better, Darius Lassiter or Chase Robert? Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to lean on just how much how much difficulty there was involved here, and I'm going to go with Darius Lassiter because he had to reach more above his head and across his body, and, and just the way that his body was moving, it's harder to make that catch because he's moving to the right and he had to reach back and grab the ball, whereas Chase could just kind of react and do this. Yeah, that one was pretty easy, right? It was not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was for a touchdown. That's why yeah. I, I, it's hard and I go back and forth, but. The difficulty level of Darius's catch seems a little bit higher. Yeah. Catch is better by Darius. Context is better with Chase Roberts. So pick pick what matters you to like you the most. You like the touchdown most. or the yeah. difficulty? I'll, I'll go uh, recency bias, Darius. Both unbelievable catches, two of the top 100 plays in BYU history. Those, Amazing. We've never seen catches at BYU like those.
amazing stuff. Aiden Robbins played in his first game since September 9th, and frankly, first game that he's actually been, you know, healthy in, even including the games he already played in. He talked about what it was like to play in front of BYU fans. Listen to this. Uh, it's crazy. It's truly crazy. I've played in some big stadiums, but I ain't never played in a stadium like this with these type of fans. Like, there's a difference between just having people fill up seats, but and having people fill up the seats and they making noise, you know what I mean? People that's into the game. Everybody out there sober too, so I love it. <laughs> they just out there yelling. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken about BYU crowd. Oh, played at Louisville and UNLV, and now BYU. Yeah. Frankly, every you know, BYU is one of the few spots where that's going to be the case. What do you expect from him the rest of the season in yeah. front of sober fans or not? Yeah, this weekend will not be the case um, <laughs> with that particular fact. But uh, no, I expect him to have a massive impact on the run game. Hoping he can be a four yards of carry guy and uh, win BYU a game that we don't see coming because Aiden Robbins is, is back. I expect 300 rushing yards from Aiden Robbins in the last five, in the last five games. Plus bowl game. Yes. Tyler Batty uh, was spit on twice Saturday. Here he is after the game. And I just pancaked one of their one of their offensive linemen, laying on top of him. I get up, and this dude just comes out of nowhere, just starts saying all sorts of stuff, and then spits in my face. Um, and then honestly, actually, to end the game as well, uh, their right tackle, 76, did the same thing after Josh Singh made that tackle. Um, just, uh, yeah, came up and I was like, hey man, you know, like good game. And he just beep, beep, beep. Uh, what do you make of this? Uh, I, frankly, it's unfortunate that it happens, but guess what, Jerem? Is it the cranberries that sing in your head, yeah. in your head? That is, a, that is a win for Tyler Batty. If he is in their head like that, Advantage BYU, advantage Tyler. I hope they play again next year because then that's a little note in Texas Tech and BYU as we create these rivalries yes. in the league. Yeah, he's in their head. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's a win for Tyler. Uh, of note, that right tackle followed Tyler Batty's wife and liked to post on Instagram. So that's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> Try. <laughs> Didn't work out well. Uh, Did not work out well on the Texas Tech. What? Side. Goodness. BYU uniforms against Texas this week have been announced. It is navy helmets, white jerseys, navy bottoms. Do you like the look? Sure. I like uh, all these looks. There's only one I haven't liked the last couple of years. I like all of these. Yeah, this, this is nice. It's it's a navy edition of the because it's it's the Oreo. It's the navy Oreo, not the royal Oreo. It's clean, really good. Now, if it results in a BYU win, I'll love it even more. <laughs> Causation versus correlation. The jerseys, <laughs> the time of day, it's all. Oh, by the way, Texas is good. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app as they recap Texas Tech and look ahead to Texas. And we recap a wild weekend in the Big 12. It was a weird weekend in the Big 12. Lots of close calls. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Sports Station rolls on on a Monday, live from Studio B. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Weird weekend in the Big 12 as we take this conversation to the big screen for the Big 12 Roundup. Beginning with sixth-ranked Oklahoma, a heavy favorite 
against UCF, Jerem. 17 and a half points. It did not end that way. Oklahoma, nope. UCF gave Oklahoma a game. Went for two late. Uh, Didn't get it. Oklahoma survives 31-29. So UCF covers. Oklahoma wins. I had Oklahoma big in this one. Super big. Didn't get it. Yeah, the the Sooners just did not look great, right? Well, but it's, in this game, it's survive and advance. You're still undefeated. You still have a shot at getting in the college football playoff. Yes, but I do not in uh, Big 12 Brandon. We both okay. lose there. Baylor at Cincinnati. Bearcats by three and a half. Baylor wins 32-29. Since he's lost five straight games, BYU one of those. Cincinnati's offense has been so inconsistent and so bad in the red zone. Baylor well, got a big in this they game. They put up yards, but they don't that's score. What they, that's what they need BYU, though. Yeah. They put up a ton of yards, can't score. Yeah. And so, and I haven't said it in the show, I think Baylor might win this game. They did. They did. Baylor wins this game, so yeah. I get the point there. Yeah. All right, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Interesting game. Here. The Mountaineers were a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You called this one. You were big on Oklahoma State. I had Oklahoma State because Ali Gordon uh, II ran for 282 and four touchdowns. This guy last two weeks put up 500 rushing yards or something. He is unbelievable. Yeah, watch out for Agent Zero from Oklahoma State. Yeah. He is special. And West Virginia has lost a couple games here, right? Okay, number. Uh, so on that one, I got the point. You get the point. Texas. Huge favorite against Houston. Texas jumps out 21-0. No, Houston challenges uh, Texas. Quinn Ewers goes out of this game. Uh, Texas wins by seven, does not cover. So you get the point yeah. with Houston. Yes. So you listen, maybe if Ewers is healthy, and I, even if Ewers stays in the whole game, like Houston was playing motivated football on their home field. They haven't played in a long time, kicked out of like Southwest Conference, uh, you know, gets blown up. Houston doesn't get included in the yes. big eight. That, that was a big game. Um, Houston, good thing BYU didn't play Houston because they're playing well too. Houston. Texas did not play great in the no. second half. Houston's inside the 10-yard line late in the game to try and tie it and maybe go for two to win the game if they can score a touchdown. They could not punch it Fourth in. Fourth down, though. didn't get it. Tough spot, by the way, yeah. down stretch. Cougars them. rolling there. The red, Cougars and Reds, so why I get the point. Okay? How about this? TCU. What the heck, man? <laughs> a week after dismantling BYU, get absolutely roasted by Kansas State 41-3. You thought Kansas State would win this game big, and you were right. I didn't think they'd win it that big, Spence, but uh, yeah, I get the point. That was your super pick, no points. Texas Tech, BYU, we both had the Cougs, of course, and BYU uh, didn't just cover the three-point dog. They won by 13, so outright Cougs win. So you end up uh, winning, or sorry, we tied. Tie. We tied, so you're still at 5-1. A tie is pretty good for me at this point. <laughs> kind of like a Big 12 road team at BYU Women's Soccer. You'll take if it, If they right? can tie in Provo, that's where hey, I'm listen, at listen, right that's now. a yeah. Cincinnati or a, a TCU, TCU Women's yeah, Soccer at exactly. BYU. Okay, I'm good. content. On to our prop picks. Okay, over under 57 and a half rushing yards for LJ Martin. He just about passed this on his first carry. <laughs> yes, he did. 55, bro. We both had that one. Over under 23 and a half combined first half points. We both said over. Yes. There was 31. It was 24-7 at the break. Okay. True or false, BYU will end the game within 100 total yards of Texas Tech. I said they would. They did not, Jeremy. You were right. Yeah, I thought BYU. Okay. Uh, what would be the longest made field goal? Closest to the pin wins. 41-yard field goal. You had 42. You get the point. All right. BYU's 11th play from scrimmage will be. <laughs> this, is, this is determines this. Pass, run, or punt. I said run, you said pass. It was a run. <laughs> Aiden Robbins, three-yard run. So lucky. You so, win 4-3. So You're up 3-1. <laughs> I'm, I'm behind 8-2. Come Come on now. Uh, Women's soccer, huge game tonight against UCF. Senior night in Provo. 
Watch it on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus at 8 Eastern. Regular season championship on the line. BYU needs a win and a Texas Tech loss or draw to win the, the regular season, get the one seed in the tournament. Yes. A few more of your Mailbag Monday questions answered after this. This is BYU Sports Nation. What the heck, TCU? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It's Mailbag Monday. Our elite mailbag question of the day is a loaded one yeah. presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. It comes in from Caleb McKay on Instagram. How do you all feel about this? Is BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis officially underperforming this season? It's all of the offense, frankly, but uh, Keaton's 57% completion rating is 127, which was the same at Pitt, not good, 6.7 yards per attempt. Certainly there is some improvement to be had from the entire offense. Yes. The run game would help that. There's no play-action ability because people aren't believing that BYU is going to yes. threaten them in the run. So certainly it's not just Keaton or Keaton's fault, but certainly – Keaton and the offense can do better, yeah. Here's what I love about Keaton Slovis. He does not shy away from this. He's at the front of the it. line yeah. saying, yes, I'm not playing as well as I could. I'm not completing as many passes as I should. Like, he is taking full I, accountability here. I love so that. So he's the first and to say, yes, I am underperforming. And I want to hear what Aaron Roderick has to say on Coordinator's Corner to Eastern on the BYU TV app but about the offense. It's right not now. solely on his right arm. Yeah. It's, it's everybody involved in the offense. Certainly it's, it's play calling. It's play styles. It's certainly he's the face of the offense. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Darius Lasseter, one-handed catch. Like, this was unbelievable. We could give it to Cosmo for the fire dancing as well, the knives. But this catch, Brandon to Spain, by the way, on this uh, shot, unbelievable. Shout out to Brandon. Oh, so yes. good, dude. Yes. Wow. He's got such great skill. Obviously, it runs in the fam. Unbelievable. Like, all-timers, two in the same all season. All-timers. Our thanks to today's guest, on a Mattis Monday, ESPN's Trevor Mattis. Look at the reaction to some of these Texans. Take it. Oh, is that Jamal Crawford right there? <laughs> it looks like him. Sorry, Dennis. Ran out of time. You never made a catch like that. Or Jeremiah and Spencer. Shout out to Scott Colley. Nice. Coordinators Corner, two Eastern. New oh, yeah. Greg Rebell, Aaron Rodgers. Let's hear from him. Go Kooks.